if I think about it, like, I don't think I've ever had a moment where I've like sat in a meeting around a table with everyone and been like, okay, officially it's kicked off now. You know, it's not that, that structured. Welcome to Design Life, a show about design and side projects with motivated creatives. I'm one of your hosts, Charlie. And I'm your other host, Femke. Today in this episode, we're going to talk about kicking off a project. A few episodes ago, we did a episode all about project retrospectives. So, you know, how to wrap up a project, looking back, reflecting on how a project went. And we got a request from a listener, Lauren, who asked us to talk about project kickoffs. Uh, She said, I thought it would be really interesting to hear about how a project starts. I've heard about project kickoffs, but have not yet been a part of one. If you have been a part of a project kickoff, it would be great to hear and learn more about it. So I think this is actually a good topic to talk about. And Charlie, you thought we'd already done this uh, topic before, but I'm actually surprised that we haven't uh, really done a focused episode. I know it seems so obvious. (laughs) Yeah, so this is, you know, a pretty standard part of every design process almost is, you know, you got to start somewhere, you got to begin the project somewhere. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But before we get into it, of course, we always have our little weekly check in. How are you going, Charlie? I am tired. I'm not going to lie. Yep. Just the honest truth right there. But I just got back to London from Spain. I spent a week there. It was Mark's birthday, so we went to stay with his parents for a bit, which was nice, and stay in Valencia, our fave city. And then I went to a sporting event this weekend, Fem. Wow, you're you're not. I wouldn't call you really a sports fan if I had no, to be I'm honest. Not, <laughs> apart from there's two sports that I like watching: that is skateboarding and Formula One. So not your average sport. Nice, nice. But we went to the street league skateboarding um, London stop so that was really cool to see a bunch of good skateboarding over the weekend the women's skateboarding in particular was super inspiring to me because um i don't know i just feel like as i've been getting into watching skateboarding and seeing how women's skateboarding as a sport is progressing is super cool Mm -hmm. like they're you know getting up there and like doing tricks that the guys are doing and i just find that super inspiring so yeah it was a good weekend i had a total break weekend which was really important i think Mostly because, like, you know, for eight hours of the day, I was sitting there in the Copper Box Arena in Stratford watching skateboarding, so I couldn't be doing work. Yeah, it was really good for me, because then I felt, on Monday, when I came back, I was like, all right, I feel ready to get back into it now. So, yeah, I think I learned the breaks are important, and I keep learning that lesson over and over again. Yeah. (laughs) How are you going? I'm good. Actually, today my brother and sister arrive from New Zealand. Yeah, I have to go pick them up from the airport later today. I'm super excited. They're coming to visit for a whole month, which sounds like a really long time. But honestly, when you travel that far, it's not really worth staying any less. You know what I mean? Like you've you've traveled this distance, obviously. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I'm really excited. They're going to stay with us and we have a few mini trips planned. Actually, tomorrow we're going to Portugal. Oh, just casually. Like Lisbon has been on my list of European cities to visit since I moved here four years ago. And I've not yet done it. So I'm super excited to finally go there. We're doing a really fun road trip uh, from Lisbon up to Porto. So yeah, it will be super fun. I hear the weather's going to be great. 
you know, driving along the coast, drinking wine, eating good food. Hopefully not drinking while driving. Obviously not. <laughs> you should not do that. Um, don't condone that on this podcast. We do not. Um, but yes, I, I'm looking forward actually to sort of a long weekend, going somewhere warm, spending it with some family. Uh, yeah, super nice. Yeah, sounds amazing. So project kickoffs. Yes. The reason why I was surprised we haven't done this before is because, I don't know, it feels like maybe we have talked about it before, just like, you know, as friends. <laughs> uh, so maybe I just assumed that it was recorded. But also it's kind of funny that we decided to start with the retrospectives, the end of a yeah, project right. <laughs> and not the beginning. I'm going to make an assumption at the start of this episode that project kickoffs for you are probably a lot more like formalized than they are for me or like maybe there's a system behind it so I feel like I want to hear how project kickoffs go for you first if you don't mind sure well I've kind of done project kickoffs in two ways okay Uh, the first way being let's do a design sprint and maybe that's where in your mind, like we've talked about project kickoffs on the show. I think yes. we did an episode about design sprints. We did. That's probably it. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes it depends on the project. We might be like, okay, let's kick this off with a design sprint. Let's all get in the room together for, you know, three days or whatever and like kick off this project together. Um, and there's a whole episode that we've done about that that we'll, we'll link in the show notes. So that's kind of the one way that I've done it. The other way I've done it is a little like less heavy loaded uh, or whatever, um, which is we have a template, a design kickoff template. And every time I'm, I'm starting a new project, I'll duplicate it and, you know, edit it for the current project that I'm about to kick off. And it kind of goes through things like, um, you know, introductions and roles, like who, who are the people that are going to be working on this project and what, what are their respective roles? Um, then there's a section on business context and problem framing. So, you know, what's the problem that we're solving? Um, what are the business metrics that we're going for, et cetera? Then there's a section on user experience and context. And that kind of goes a bit deeper into like, who are we building this for? What's the user journey? Uh, what insights do we already have about them, et cetera, et cetera? Um, then there's a section on technology. So that's more of like an engineering focus section, like how are we going to build this? What platforms are we going to use? What constraints are there, et cetera. Uh, and then the last section is about like schedule milestones and collaboration. So, you know, how are we going to actually <laughs> actually do this? Uh, what are the key milestones that we need to set? What are the deadlines we need to be aware of? How are we going to work together, et cetera, et cetera. And that's kind of like a, a presentation or a document that we each sort of fill out that being like me, the designer, sometimes the researcher, the product manager, and probably an engineer as well. And then we'll get together and kind of go through it and answer some of the questions together. So you kind of have a, a section of this document each that you're filling out. Is that pretty how much? It works? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, interesting. That it definitely is. It sounds like kind of what I was expecting that it would be more of a formalized like, process to have a structure to it. Yeah, but. Um, the thing that's common between us though is working in-house is you don't get like handed a brief usually right to start a project you have to create the brief yourself yes <laughs> that's definitely something that we do as well at ConvertKit our projects usually start with a brainstorming meeting 
a project that we did recently that I guess I'll use as an example for this because honestly, because it's not formalized and structured, things work a little bit differently each time. But the most recent one, we wanted to create some sort of like marketing thing to promote our landing pages. We've got a bunch of new landing page templates in ConvertKit now, you know, providing that as well as just forms to embed on your website. And so we had a brainstorming meeting to decide what we actually wanted to do to promote this. We came up with the idea of this landing page challenge. So that was kind of like formed the idea for our project and for what we wanted to do. And then we had like more meetings, basically it was a lot of meetings to discuss our ideas for how the challenge should work, what the prizes should be and all of this. But at the end of the day, it came down to our marketing director, Derek was the one to create the brief and to like create the milestones and sort of things and then present it back to us and be like, how's the sound? any changes you want to make. If not, then this is what we'll go with. So unlike you, where you as the designer are filling out a part of the brief, um, I guess I kind of did have it like written up for me in a way, but it was from ideas that me and the rest of the team had discussed. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. We do this as well. It's a bit more led by the product side. So our product managers typically lead the process of creating the brief, so to speak. We call these PRDs, which stands for Product Requirements Document. Of course it does. And, of course. <laughs> um, and it's basically this document that um, is typically written by the product manager all about like the goals, the objectives, what we're building, why we're building, the key metrics, timelines, who's involved, like everything, basically the whole brief. And while that is led by the product manager, as a designer, I have input in that as well and sort of try help formulate that from a design perspective. Mm -hmm. And that kind of ends up turning into our brief for the project and that gets circulated as well with key stake stake stakeholders um, who then have to sign off on it as well in order to sort of get it approved and kick the project off officially. Yeah, that makes sense. Where, do we, where does the kickoff end and the project start? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And and to be honest, like, even though I'm sharing this, I, we don't do this every time so structured and so formally. Okay. It is there as a resource and like as a guide to use it. And it just doesn't always happen so structured. So that way. Well, sometimes it doesn't need to, right? Sometimes it doesn't need to. Um, you know, maybe it's a small project or a quick turnaround or, uh, you know, it just ends up formulating on its own sort of you know naturally in its own way which is also fine as long as we kind of have a PRD that's uh, sort of the 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 anchor the baseline if I think about it like I don't think I've ever had a moment where I've like sat in a meeting around a table with everyone and been like let's kick off this project now you know like it, it's not that formal where we're like all sitting down and we're like okay officially it's kicked off now you know it's not that that structured so it's more of like a you know lots of conversations, we start chatting about it, we start having ideas, we're like, oh, okay, maybe we should do a bit of research to find out more about this problem space, so let's talk to a researcher and get them on board, and then it just eventually kind of evolves into like, okay, now we're actually working on this thing, it's no longer a kickoff. Yeah, totally, I agree that it's not this structured line where I guess you wait to do anything until the brief is completed and approved and ticked off and like, now you can start. You kind of do start researching and, I don't know, like coming up with ideas and things beforehand. Something else that we do during project kickoffs, if it's for like a thing that we've done something similar before, is we'll always revisit that. Um, like Cyber Monday, for example, is a promotion that we do each year. So we're like, okay, 
what did we do last year? How did it perform? Let's look back at our notes of the project retrospective of that tie into the last episode and see what lessons we learned so we can make sure that we like learn from those and apply them this time. Uh, yeah, so that's I, I, I would consider that a part of our kickoff process because it informs what we're doing and, and how we're writing the brief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Now that I think about it, the project, I'm just sort of starting a new project now. And um, one of the things that someone circulated was uh, here are the learnings from like last time we did something similar. So that's that's really valuable as well. And like you said, that's where the project retros come in really handy because you can learn a little bit about you know, what happened last time and what we can do differently this time. Yeah. Something that you mentioned briefly as part of that document that you will fill out is milestones and I think this is a super important thing to plan at the start of projects and it's something that I like never think is important until I'm in the moment and it's like three weeks before the deadline and I'm like ah (laughs) so much stuff and that's when like mid-stage deadlines really come in handy to keep things moving to keep things on track and I suppose because a lot of the things you work on are uh, maybe over a longer time frame as well than what I do so yeah, I just think that mid-stage deadlines are so important for longer projects and it's important to plan them up front. Yeah, actually, that's that's a really good point and something I didn't do a very good job of in my last project, if I'm honest, okay. um, is I didn't or I wasn't like super clear up front about the design milestones, like when certain things would be ready. Uh, and then engineering was kind of forming their own milestones um, without me really knowing. And then my what I was doing in design didn't match up to their milestones, if you know what I mean. So like, you know, they were expecting like this screen to be done by April 2nd, let's say, for example. Uh, and because I didn't know about that milestone and hadn't set milestones for myself, I was like, oh, well, I was focusing on this other screen, you know, and obviously that's not the best situation to be in. So it's something that I've kind of learned as well a little bit in my last project is like, okay, milestones are super important and we should try and set them up, up front as much as we can. And also when you're setting them, be mindful of your stakeholders' milestones, right? Especially for me, engineering, if they need certain things or maybe they're breaking the project up into like little blocks and they need this block done first, I need to take that into consideration as well so I know that that's what I should be focusing on. Yeah, definitely. I find it hard sometimes to stick to those deadlines that I set up front. Um, I think it's because even though I've been a designer for like, what, eight years or so now working in the industry, I still find it really hard to scope work, like to figure out how long something will take, which obviously is then like comes into play with deadlines and things like that. I just still find it so hard because like it depends on so many other things, like what other projects come up. Um, if I'm like in the zone that day or not, I don't know. I just, it's, it's a real struggle for me. So when I set mid mid stage deadlines, then I find it hard sometimes to actually stick to them, which is a whole nother problem. Yeah. Who is typically involved in your kickoffs? Like what are the kind of roles of people that are there? For the most part, for bigger projects, it's the whole marketing team. Although that may change going forward as we have kind of broken up into squads. So like I'm in charge of our website. We've got someone else who's in charge of our content, that sort of thing. But yeah, we are a small marketing team. So when I say the whole team, it's not that many people, but it is about like eight or nine. Okay. That's pretty decent. Yeah. It's a decent amount of people. We've all got our own specialty on the marketing team as well. Like content writer, front end developer, data expert, you know, 
we all sort of handle our own areas. So it's cool when we're doing those initial brainstorming sessions. Um, and we always set the intention of the meeting, like we are not going to come out of this with a plan. This is not going to be a meeting where like, uh, a plan gets made and, and we have results from it, that sort of thing. This is a brainstorming meeting, like set that intention to just come to share your ideas. And we have found that doing those in a meeting in a Zoom call for us, because we're remote, is more effective than like typing in Slack or making a Basecamp post about it, just because that conversation can drive ideas and the conversation can be what sparks something in you, you know, rather than just reading it out and like, typing out your own ideas, it's more interactive that way. So yeah, I really like that use of meetings at the start of a project, just to brainstorm and figure out what you, what you want to do. But I think one of the most important things about a project kickoff is having someone lead it. So you mentioned that it's the product manager, did you say, is usually the person who leads it for you? Yeah, yeah. Um, wherever we've had issues with projects in the past at ConvertKit, it's been because there was no clear like leader of the project. Um, yeah. It's just like, at the end of the day, someone has to be the one who writes up the brief. Someone has to be the one who... Yeah, who's going to take that ownership. Yep, takes that ownership and like keeps things moving along, checks in with things. Because like I said, we've all got our own specialties. So I can be totally on top of my website part of the project. But then, you know, we also need copy and we also need someone to sort out the emails and someone to sort out the rules and that sort of thing. So that's been our issue in the past is when there hasn't been a clear leader. So I would give that advice just to like set that up front. Who is leading this project? It can, it should only be one person. Yeah. So you don't have like project managers or anything like that. We do not. We, we do our own project management, which has its pros and its cons. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. It sounds like you get to be really involved from the get go in terms of like, you know, you mentioned that you do brainstorming sessions, like what should we do, uh, which is super, super cool. That's not always the case for me. Sometimes what happens is there's already like an idea or a decision's been made about what we're going to to build. And then they come to design being like, hey, we're building this thing, but we need a designer. So then it's a bit different, right? You're not like involved in the super early stage, like we have this problem, but what should we do about it? Or like, what are the different ideas? Most of the time it's more, it more comes as a sort of push from product. Like we're going to make this thing either because, you know, it's a regulatory thing that we have to do, or we're losing a lot of money in this area. So we have to do something. Um, and then design sort of usually gets involved at that stage. So it's almost like you get handed a portion of a brief, like you have the problem defined perhaps, but there's none of the other details involved. So, yeah, which is another interesting thing about in-house again. Yeah. Actually, you know, I keep mentioning in-house, but I don't actually know what job you would be in where you do get handed a fully formed brief, apart from when you're in university, you get given, you know, a class project. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I mean, what's it like if you're at an agency? I don't know. I've never worked at one, but I would assume that the briefs would be a little bit more defined from the client. Well, you know clients. Can you really imagine? <laughs> A client being like, here is a fully formed brief with deadlines and the problem fully spaked out. I think the agencies probably have to go through more of this than perhaps I thought before. Um, but also I think that agencies have a lot of project managers and that sort of thing who yeah. do that part so that when it comes to you as the designer, um, maybe like you get that PRD, right? As kind of like a, a portion of a brief, maybe an agency just gets a little bit more than that. 
Yeah, I'm assuming that I think they have account managers or, or project managers that probably like take the the vision from the client and form it into a brief to give to the team. I can't imagine that like a designer at an agency is forming a brief for a client. Maybe that happens. I don't know. It probably depends on the size of the agency, but I would imagine that in the most cases um, there's a middle person between the client and the designer that's helping form the brief. How about if anyone listening works at an agency (laughs) and wants to tell us how it actually works there, let us know. We'd love to hear about it and we could report back on the show. Um, just to like close this loop, I guess. <laughs> yeah, true. We yeah, we don't know really much about the agency world, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we gotta be honest with that. We can always speculate though. <laughs> so Lauren's question, uh, really, in it, she mentioned that she's not yet been a part of a kickoff, so she's not really had this participation in this part of the process. What what advice would you have, I guess, for Lauren in terms of like? how she could maybe be more involved or maybe she could initiate a kickoff. Um, What are your thoughts there, I guess? Yeah. Okay. couple of thoughts. So first of all, I don't think that a project kickoff always has to be a meeting. I know that we both mentioned that we have meetings, but I think that running good meetings is a skill that you learn. And if you're not good at it, it can really waste people's time to just like I don't know, bring them all into a room, especially if people aren't on board with wanting to be actively involved. They're just going to be sitting listening to you as you tell them about a project. And then they're like, okay, um, that could have been an email, you know? So I don't think that you should think of project kickoff has to equal meeting, first of all. I think instead you should think of it as the time when you're gathering all the information that you think you need to know about a project in order to do your best work on it. So asking lots of questions and perhaps if, um, like Lauren said, she's not been a part of one before, maybe you could take charge and be the person who volunteers to collate all this information into one place. Like maybe you ask questions, maybe you've been told this information by this person and something else from this person. Put together your own little brief. And that doesn't have to be a fully like as structured document as the one you were talking about, Femme. It could be whatever you feel best suits your project that gathers all the information that you need. But yeah, I would definitely want to encourage you to be the person who makes that almost to show your team how good it can be and how much easier things are when you have this one thing to refer to that tells everyone who's like what the different responsibilities are, who's working on what, how these pieces come together, when they're coming together by. Uh, it will just make the whole project a lot easier. So maybe it's kind of like about proving that to them. And maybe if you're not on a team even, maybe if you're a freelancer, doing this yourself will help you create better work for your clients Mm, because mm -hmm. even though you know all this information it's in your head getting it out on paper putting it in some sort of structured order could really help you see the problem clearer I suppose and then do better work as a result yeah so true and it could be like a collaborative effort between you and the client as well right like yeah for sure yeah, both working together to to form the brief. I think that's that's perfect advice, especially what you said about it doesn't have to be a meeting. It's also a really good one because I think often we we just assume that these have to be meetings, but that's not necessarily the case, right? Like in my cases, we have a, a presentation that we might go through in person, but we also might just do it async. Uh, and that's fine. Everyone can fill in their little bits. One thing I, I want to like 
add as a kind of bonus to this episode actually is for community members I'm gonna put together a template for a project kickoff yeah so if you are a community member and you want access to the template then uh, go and check out and log into the community and I'll put together a template all of like you know questions to ask how to form the brief you know different people to get involved things like that uh, which you know feel free to use for your own or your next project that you're working on. Sounds super useful. Well, that seems like a good time, I guess, to end the episode. Unless you have anything else to say. And also to tell people that if you want to join the community in order to get that resource and other things that we've shared in in past episodes, it's designlife.fm slash community. It's a monthly membership. Uh, Less than 10 bucks a month, you can have access to the Slack community, these resources. Um, We'd love to have you in there. It supports the show and you meet a lot of great people while doing it. Yeah, we also have a super exciting secret thing that we're gonna announce or launch soon in a in a few weeks or a few or a month or so uh so yes very exciting (laughs) keep an eye out for that too yes and community members i think should get access to that early yes you will get access to it early and everyone else it will be out later (laughs) okay cool Awesome. Where can people go to listen to more episodes of this podcast, Fem? You can go to designlife.fm. That is our website and you'll see all of our episodes and you can stream them on the website too. So if you are at work and you like to listen to the show while you're working, maybe on your desktop, then you can just head to the website and stream it there. Sounds great. Also follow us on Twitter. We are at designlifefm on there. If you've got any follow-up questions like Lauren had about that Project Retrospectives episode, she asked about kickoffs. That's why we're doing this. If you've got anything like that, anything that an episode, a topic we've talked about sparked an idea in your mind or sparked a question, let us know. We would love to hear it and discuss it, make that episode for you. Yeah. Thanks, Lauren, for the question. Yeah. And thanks for chatting, Pam. All right. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.